0: Hi. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus rolling. I can get on board. (laughs) Hello. I'm Darren Jolly. (laughs) It's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Short Bus Debate Club. This is Brian Courtney. Of course, I've got Darren Jolly here with me. Hello. And today being Wednesday, we're going to take a lighter note and talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2022. Um, The good, the bad, and the ugly, as far as I'm concerned, or we're concerned. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it or not. Uh, I've been watching it since, I think, 2013. Um, It's You
1: watched every one of them all the way through since 2013.
0: Yeah, it's a great fucking show, dude. I mean, I love it because they do really cool shit. Like, so whoever is getting inducted might sing their song with whoever introduced them. Um, But then, like, at the end. When all of the inductees and all of the people that introduced them and and everybody is is gathered together, they all fucking jam out, and I don't know how they pick the song or songs, but it's all of these fucking people singing whatever. Um, so it's a great show. The only thing I can think of that really irritated me was when <laughs> Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band got inducted, and the only reason I didn't it bothered me is because there were like 13 of the motherfuckers and every one of them had to give a speech. So it took like 45 fucking minutes for him to get Bruce through. Who? Bruce Springsteen and the E oh, Street the Band. Ma- everybody in the E Street Band. That's a big
1: fucking band What's his too. name
0: from the Sopranos was there? <laughs> I mean, they were all there. Did he look
1: like the sopranos, did he yeah, sopranos? No,
0: he still had the fucking slick back hair. He just be, didn't have the guinea suit. Well,
1: if he if he was going to go up there, he should have put that fucking that headband on that he used to have <laughs> when he played in that band.
0: I think he might have had the headband, but I know he had the fucking big What's fucking...
1: What's his fucking name? What's his...
0: Steve... Fuck.
1: I can't remember his name. Van, uh, Van
0: Zant. Yeah, okay. Stephen Van Zant. I knew it was something
1: that had to do with uh, Leonard Skinnerd.
0: <laughs> I always think of Leonard Skinner when you say Van Zant too, but um that was really the only time and it wasn't because I don't think that it, that they deserve to be in there.
1: You, but you before we were talking here, you said you I said hate Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I do.
0: I, I fucking hate him. Born in the USA, yeah, worst that, fucking song ever. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big nationalist either. And and when you use
1: the United States, like um, the jingoism, which is essentially what he's doing in that moment, you, I mean the Vietnam stuff, all that that's rooted in it, you're using a, a ploy. It's a ploy, you know. I,
0: th- I was going to ask if you thought it would be because, I mean, <laughs> do you say something like that in order – just to you know, make your song number one for fifty-eight weeks, or however long it was. It was I, I made up time. the fifty-eight weeks. It thing. was
1: a long time though.
0: Um, he, he was a New Jersey. Do you do you sell cool. a lot of fucking albums just because of that? He
1: was. He, if there's one thing that I don't like about him, is he, he is a New Jersey All-American person. Like I obviously, you and I are never going to buy into that, and 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 don't take that as you know our relationship to our past, our present, our future, our history is complicated, right? We don't, like we've talked about many times, we have we have like a, uh, an emotional attachment to the history just like anybody else does, but we're also incredibly critical of it because we think that the only way that you can get better is to be honest about it, to be critical, self-critical, and you rectify your situations, you grow, you develop. But yeah, Bruce Sprinket, I, I mean, it, it was a ploy. It was bullshit, you know? The, in that, you want to know something funny? That was the first cassette tape I ever had. I got it for Christmas one year.
0: Nice. <laughs> I think my first cassette was Purple Rain.
1: That's a good one. Now, Doe had that one, and we borrowed it from her a lot. We kept playing "Darlin' Nikki over and over again.
0: Yeah, my mom wasn't a big fan of me playing "Darlin' Nikki, but that's okay. Either way. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a great fucking show. And And this year... You know, a lot of solid fucking artists got inducted. Um, some of them, as far as I'm concerned, got overlooked um, after their nomination. So here's here's something that is interesting. Duran Duran, and I can't remember which dude said it, but when he got up there, he said thank you, and I just want to let you know that, you know, our influences were the Beatles. Solid, solid influence. Bowie,
1: Bowie, you can see that again. Yeah, solid.
0: Yeah. Susie Sue.
1: Oh, that's fucking cool.
0: And the New York Dolls. Um, so they had kind of a, a punk vibe to them. I think they probably went to new wave because that's the way all of the producers were going at that time. Well,
1: I, you know, that's they, they were they were coming out at the time where, like, because they were sort of. Like Norder and some of those other bands, they were a couple of years after
0: like Well, they were founded in nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. So that would have been right about the time Punk started in England. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the CBG And scene was, yeah, kinda like, the the United States too. But I mean it was it was getting really big in England, you know, with fucking the Sex Pistols and and all of that shit that yeah. was going on over and there. G.G.
1: and I think was
0: playing in- and Susie Sue yeah. and, and yeah. Billy Idol. Billy Idol was punk rock and he was around in that scene back was he, then. Really? Fucking a. He loved Susie Sue and you can see. I can't remember which documentary I was watching, but it showed them playing oh. little clubs, and they panned around and they showed Susie Sue in the the audience. Mm-hmm. And then they showed Billy Idol in the audience and they just kept showing all of these these people. But anyway, um, you know, Billy Idol kinda went more new wave. Yeah. Uh, Susie Sue obviously and the Banshees. I don't know if you would consider them new wave or not.
1: I, I mean they're they there's no doubt that they're they're new wave, but they they would push a lot of limits. Like she's a fucking kooky bird. And that's what was that was Bjork. Was she the front?
0: No, Susie was the front. That's why they called it Susie Sue and the Panties. I'm
1: I'm, I'm crossing something (laughs) over there. The wire's crossing.
0: You fucked me up there. (laughs) Obviously, Bowie, I don't think you can put a title on him. He's Um, he's not New Wave. He's not psychedelic. He's not pop. He's he's, he's all of
1: it. And he's standing on the edge of history every time he's fucking doing something. Like, you take a song like, uh, yeah, Gigi Allen was playing all the way back in 1974. That's fucking crazy. Um. You take a song like uh, the one that he did with Queen, "Under Pressure." I mean, just so fucking brilliant. Or like I was listening to when I was coming home today. I was listening to a version of "Comfortably Numb" that he did, where he sang the verses and Eddie Vedder sang the chorus. And
0: that would be a good song. Fucking
1: awesome, dude. Like David Bowie is just a—he's uh, just so tremendous, dude.
0: Well, and he's obviously in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but. You know, Duran Duran, so according to the fan vote of 2022, Duran Duran almost fucking swept it. Really? I mean, I don't know how many people actually voted, but what does oh. that say? What's yeah, the number on there? Can you read it?
1: million nine, nine three four uh, 880.
0: Okay, so that's the top, and it beats everybody by 100% almost. Oh, wow, dude. So they, they just... Fucking killed it and they got nominated now. Here's the reason that I kind of brought up their influences is because This year The New York Dolls were also nominated um, As well as MC5 which MC5 was punk rock that started way back, you know And I think they actually started in the 60s, but they were in Detroit so they didn't get real big because it's Motor City 5 and um, but the New York Dolls were nominated and were not inducted, and I think that that is fucking horribly, horribly wrong. Since, and here's the thing: so you and I were talking before the show um, about like rappers being inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah. mm-hmm. or or country musicians for that matter. Mm-hmm. And I don't have an, an issue with that because there's a lot of rappers that I I love. I mean, Run DMC. I was fucking solid with that. Jay Z. I'm okay with. Eminem. I'm okay with. Except for the fact that the New York Dolls have been around way fucking longer than Eminem. Well, this is they really, they just didn't sell the albums. This
1: is. I mean, this is the problem with with music in general, though. Like. I, I love YouTube and 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 platforms like that because it provides a space for people to like go into the history of it. But if you don't like like Jimi Hendrix's stuff, like they they block it a lot. They they will not allow a lot of that and a lot of the live stuff. Like like you want to. You want to introduce people to the history of fucking rock and roll. Is that because you,
0: you, of ownership rights? Yeah, dude.
1: And you want to let people see Jimmy. You want to let him see. You want to let them see Jimmy live. You want to let them see Jimmy when him and fucking Jim Morrison ran together in fucking Paris or whatever. When that fucking was they, they recorded that. These, these are important. These allow you to see. And of course, Jimi Hendrix and the, the Doors were never going to not be in the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but. Like, there are these spaces, like these gaps. And, like, uh, the, my favorite one from this one, of course, is Elizabeth Cotton, right? Like, she she was this she's uh, this black gal who, uh, she played uh, uh, guitar upside down, left-handed, like a motherfucking guitar genius, many years before fucking Jimi Hendrix did.
0: The you know? Adventures of Ford Fairlight. Yeah, to, to,
1: quote a, to quote a really fucking bad movie.
0: That's an awesome movie. But <laughs> if
1: you do not know who Elizabeth Cotton is, and you love if you and you love anything about like finger picking uh like um playing the banjo this woman is fucking incredible she died in 1987 i had not heard of her until this ever not once and i get into the fucking bluegrass stuff a ton i find a lot of the things that you know and if it's singer-songwriter stuff but i had never heard of her and uh just go to YouTube and just look up Elizabeth Cotton and listen to this lady. She is, but this is this is one of the sort of like shortcomings of the way that our, like our society is rooted in, in uh, uh, spectacle and popularity so much that we don't even really know how to dig into history enough to really find out what our roots really are. Absolutely.
0: There's no fucking <laughs> doubt about that. I mean, and, and I don't even want to tell you that I know. Don't, I, I, I don't know, know who she was. Yeah. I did too. I didn't know who she was. I was really fucking amazed because, you know, there's a lot of I don't know. I I think Gary Clark Jr. might be considered blues rock. But he's he's a, he's he, a beast
1: progressive blues rock. Because he's he a fucking badass. He takes things in some different directions. Yeah.
0: Um. But to hear him give her those accolades was amazing to me. And if she died in 1987, then I don't even know if he was fucking born yet. I know that yeah, um
1: he'd, he'd have been a puff, that's for sure.
0: I know that Daryl Vaughn. It, it is Daryl, right? Stevie Ray's brother. No, that's uh. It's not Daryl. It's uh. We talked about Jimmy, it on Jimmy, another Jimmy
1: Bond. Jimmy Bond.
0: It is. Okay. Yeah. So Jimmy Bond talked about Gary Clark Jr. hanging around the bars on Second or Third Street, whatever it is in Austin, like as a five-year-old. <laughs> um, Are you fucking kidding me? No.
1: That's, um, that's
0: awesome, dude. So. I think I understand where he, he was. Th- he was three years old when she, when she died. Okay. So obviously he didn't know who she was then, but,
1: um, boy, he, I'm sure he liked her the second he heard her though.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's some amazing shit, but there were a lot of people. So we were going to talk about mainly musicians, but I want to kind of get something out of the way because I might talk a lot about the musician part. So, Jimmy Iovine was a producer, Fucking uh, crazy. sound engineer, and he was inducted as a, a producer. They give this special award; it's called the Ahmet something Award to producers, and he got it. Um, I think he he deserved it. You know, with you think again with what he did, just. If, if you consider him with the sound engineer, because you did all of the research and looked at all of the records that he was on as the engineer, um, the Patti Smith stuff probably alone does it. He
1: worked with Tom Petty and you too. He, he did the rattle. He did the rattle and hum album with that. Well,
0: and he was banging Stevie Nicks for a while.
1: Well, a lot. A lot of people were banging Stevie Nicks for a while.
0: <laughs> a lot of people were doing
1: coke, coke off of her. Fuck, out of her belly button and banging her.
0: Well, she was.
1: She was. She was a have She was a half fun girl. We're not. We, we went over this before. Sluts, so you know, all around.
0: But she gave him credit, and maybe that's why she started banging him, because he hooked her up with Tom Petty, where they did that oh, duet. God. And she said that that launched her solo career. Really?
1: Yeah. That's cool. That was a cool song. So, but I mean, for Interscope, because that's where, like, the real production stuff, he signed Tupac. He funded fucking Death Row Records, so fucking he created the space for Dre and Snoop. I mean, fucking Eminem.
0: I mean. 50 Cent. He's a a motherfucker. All of them. But that's what he was doing. And that's. So he would hire somebody like Dre. Yeah. And Dre was already a producer. And so Dre would teach the people that he brought on to produce. And then they would keep doing it. It was like this. Almost a multi-level marketing thing. I mean, it was fucking genius, uh-huh. dude. Because they just kept producing badass fucking records that sold like crazy,
1: dude. After after Chronic came, the Chronic came out, which was a fucking cool album, dude. And fucking they he had Snoop on there, you know, and those little, you know, and then fucking this, the first Snoop Dogg fucking album. It's just incredible. Like you wow, think wow, about you wow, look wow, at, you at something in, like yippy yippy Jimmy Jimmy Iovine, and you look at who he started with. And then you look at who he ended with. I mean, and like that means that the guy just fucking loved music and had vision, vision for it. And it, this is where, when you co- co- come with the concept of like a rock and roll hall of fame, like the the thing that's the most important thing about music is it starts with the rhythm. You know, it starts with the with the drum beat. You know, but it's something that, you know, crosses over. There there are no boundaries. There are no borders. I mean, hopefully, you know. I mean. And Jimmy Iovine was a fucking, a a demonstrator of, I am not going to be stuck in
0: any boundaries. He did a hell of a job, and now he can have any fucking person around him he wants, I'm guessing, with as much money as he's got. I don't think he does much. Eats the fuck out of me. I'm guessing if he's got four and a half billion dollars, he does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, that was
1: half a nine billion
0: for Beats, right?
1: Because that's what they sold Beats off for was nine billion dollars. And then fucking Dre going, I wonder who like really developed the technology for?
0: Did they get some fucking asshole in China? Yeah, I don't think (laughs) that they got a good cut. I think that Dre and Jimmy Iovine
1: did not include that person. For their technological innovations. But, I mean, I you know I, this is just conjecture. I could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Maybe they did give them a percentage. Yeah. Obviously. And maybe it wasn't somebody in China.
1: It, I, it's the same percentage that that kid got on uh, um, that Facebook movie before, before the, he took him to court and sued him for everything.
0: I have Where no the, idea what they, you're talking they, about. Well,
1: uh, the, the guy who gave um, the dipshit that uh, owns Facebook...
0: Oh, you mean the movie about Facebook, yeah, yeah, not yeah. a Facebook movie. No, Okay. No, no,
1: no, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Gotcha, yeah, okay. yeah. They, they watered down his stock to where it was and just like 0.037% of the company.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I don't know. I mean, I've never met either Dr. Dre or, or Jimmy Iovine.
1: Or the person who... In China
0: or Japan or correct. South Korea
1: or wherever it was. That they <laughs> yeah. developed that technological wonder of beats, headphones.
0: So the other producers that I want to talk about.
1: We might have a, a negative politically correct, correct response on that one. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Are, uh, Jimmy? Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And they were on there mainly for... The stuff they did for Janet. And, and basically, as far as I'm concerned, and really as far as Janet is concerned, they are the reason that Janet blew up the way that she did.
1: All, yeah, all of her big production albums, yeah. Yeah. But um, they, they, it's not just for Janet, though.
0: It, it was as far. I mean, they have produced a lot of other records besides Janet, she, but I'm pretty sure them, that
1: pushes them out to the to the front. That's for sure.
0: I'm pretty sure that that's why they were there.
1: They worked with everybody, though, man.
0: They, they did. They
1: worked with, I mean, they played with more Day in the Time. They produced stuff for the time. Well, they, and
0: they learned a lot from Prince.
1: They worked with Herb Albert, TLC. Michael Jackson, Aretha Franklin, Boyz II Men, Prince. Oh, yeah, they George did Michael, that one Michael Rock Jackson
0: York. album. I forgot about that.
1: They fucking have...
0: Uh, and they uh, did Hit Faith. Did
1: they do Faith?
0: I think that's the George Michael that's one a, that they that, did. That's the
1: biggest fucking song that that guy ever had.
0: No, I mean the whole album, though.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if they did the album, they did the song, you know.
0: Sorry. Yes, the single was on there. Um. Yeah. So those guys, and I don't know, like... You know, when you talk about a producer, generally it's it's one guy. So I don't know like how I feel about a production team, but I would say that these guys are – because I think in music that there are producers that put a credit on an album so that they get a percentage. And then the, there are producers that actually do something to make the album – better and so that they deserve a percentage because if if you're just a producer that just sits there then you're nothing but a fucking sound engineer right
1: yes you're not really a producer then though right you're like jimmy iovine at the beginning
0: yeah so if, if you're just sitting there and you know punching track buttons you're not improving anything you know whether you're telling them we need to add this or go higher there or you know whatever do do something to make it happen and you know from what janet jackson said these guys did that
1: sometimes i wish that i could be like a like a fly on the wall in those spaces because like when i was um working at sam goody for all that time back when you worked with me for a little bit that christmas um when I had to listen to Brian Frost's bullshit about music all the time, like he would show me like, say like a series of records that were produced by like Daniel Lenoir or Steve Lillywhite or, you know, uh, Jerry Harrison from the, from Talking Heads. And he would like, we'd sit, so we'd listen to like a couple of albums uh, that Jerry Harrison produced. Right. And he, we listen to live, right. Uh, throwing copper. And then we would listen to uh, the crash test dummies, like both of their first two albums. Right. So, whether you like them or not, the interesting thing about the albums that Jerry Harrison would produce would be the vocal capabilities of the frontman on 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 those albums and these little intricacies that they would put in place. Steve Lillywhite was very similar. Like he produced albums for uh, Dave Matthews. Uh, they actually produced uh, an album for Fish. a lot of people in that general genre, like that Where
0: So are we talking about like throwing an echo on the voice or making it higher, lower with a machine or.
1: You you were talking to me earlier about how you would use your uh, bows. It's one of those things to where like to really get into the nuts and bolts of it, you have to just sit there and listen to those albums. Like, uh, like over and over and over again to where you start to hear the levels of what they, to where you like have like, uh, there was in theme from the bottom on Fish. There are four guitar tracks during these different parts, right? Um, Fish did not do that very often. Like having Steve Lillywhite come in and produce an album like that, because he overproduces stuff. Now, I, I I don't have a problem with it because I he, like the way that he did it. That's actually my favorite album by Fish is uh, the one that he produced. Uh, uh, fuck, I
0: can't so, I can't do you, you consider overproduction like? Just I, extra shit you don't need, or is that
1: I like, what earns I like, you the money? I like live music, so you can't, like, the things that you do in in the studio when you have four guitar tracks, they're like that, and, like, I don't, I don't need to hear a, a live thing the same way that, but when I listen to what Steve Lillywhite does, like that, or C- Crash by Dave Matthews, like, there are just these things that the drum does here and there. Uh, like the, there, there's a crispness sometimes to the snare that's different you know but again you have to have those fucking headphones on and you just sort of let it run over you but I mean this is what you're talking about like where they're like there's a reason why they kept making successful people come out because they they did things they drew things out of people and they they would layer certain things in a different way and you know you, you hit a fucking you know a china symbol or Whatever, you know, any number of fucking things, and it just brings, you know, like, brings things to a different level, essentially. Production is important.
0: Well, it absolutely is, and, you know, I think my favorite producer that I know of is Rick Rubin.
1: Rick Rubin? Dude, Rick Rubin's a fucking genius, and you want to talk about a guy who's fucking just run the gamut. Like, he has produced... Every motherfucker under the fucking sun. Yeah. I mean, I could throw 16 more fucks in there, and it would not, like, you, Rick Rubin's crazy genius.
0: Dude. Well, dude, and he just started off, you know, with Def Jam in a fucking apartment with fucking Russell Simmons. Is um, that
1: how he?
0: Fucking seriously? A, dude. And he did Run DMC, LL Cool J, the Beastie Boys. I mean, that's how they started. Boom. And now he's this every, fucking legend, dude.
1: Every fucking weird motherfucker, like, dude, like uh, System of the Down, you know? Like, he has done, I mean, like, you think about the names that you said, and then he bring, you know, like, how does, that guy just loves fucking music. Like, you, ha- you, ha- he must, I was listening to this uh, podcast he was on the other day with this guy who's a really good buddy of, uh uh joe Rubin, i can't remember what his name is he's he's a physicist guy that's just super fucking smart and a super fucking hippie and he just wanders around and tries to get everybody to talk and be nice to each other but he talked to rick rubin for like three hours and rick rubin is just there dude like he knows how to be there in the middle of it and just be like let me just pull this shit out of you you know
0: Dude, the fucking. I mean, I'm just looking at all of his shit right now. Yeah. You know, the Chili Peppers, Phil Spector, That's right.
1: he did, he did Blood Sugar Tom blood Petty, Sex Magic,
0: Neil oh. Diamond. I mean, the Dixie Chicks, which I don't fucking like them, and they're called something else now. Dixie it, because they something. got so much
1: shit for yeah. talking shit about about being right about talking shit about going to fucking war in Iraq. Come on, bitches, hang on to your fucking thought processes. Stand up and. Tell him to fuck off a little bit stronger.
0: Metallica, Weezer. Which which Metallica did they do? I don't know. It just says Metallica. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not looking at an album or a discography. I was just looking at...
1: Dude, he touched a lot of fucking people, dude. He is a smart motherfucker.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's already in there. But, um...
1: We've been going crazy on production.
0: Yeah, so... With with regard to the musicians, in order to be eligible for a nomination, an individual or artist or band must have released its first commercial recording at least twenty five years prior to their nomination. That's man! twenty five years ago. I know it fucking blows my mind. Um,
1: like Pat Bantar makes sense, and, and, and her husband like that makes sense. He's he's a good fucking guitar player, dude.
0: She looked fucking good for as old as she
1: is. Um, And she sounded fucking awesome, dude. She sounded tremendous. She's got some pipes still. Just like Dolly.
0: So, here were the nominees this year. Beck. Pat Benatar. Beck is a musical genius. Fucking A. And I I was going to talk about that in a minute. But I... Wanted to kind of get Through the Sorry, list No it, it's fine I I'm mean he, to- he is brilliant And I've got so much of a shit On my mp3 player That I I think I've got Every one of his albums But I'm not sure um, My favorite is Wero um, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush Devo, Duran Duran Eminem The Eurythmics, Judas Priest And I may be Mispronouncing this but Fela Cootie, MC5, which is Motor City 5, The New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Ritchie, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. I love Tribe. Well, yeah, that was another thing I was going to talk about. So I understand these fan numbers. And I don't know exactly how the the nomination and the voting works and who actually gets in. The rules weren't quite clear. Like one guy from the hall a few years ago said there was a panel of 12 people that did the nominations. I read somewhere else that it was a panel of 28. Um, So it wasn't real clear how the nominations come about. And then it was definitely unclear who actually gets voted in. Yeah. Um, you know, most of these guys that got in, I, I think, probably deserve to be there. I, I fucking love the Eurythmics, Annie Lennox, as fucking far awesome. as I'm concerned. Yeah, fucking awesome, dude. Um,
1: yeah, dude, if you don't love the Eurythmics, then you don't have a fucking heartbeat. You can fuck yourself.
0: Sorry. No, it's cool. I mean, I I think so. Out of the nominees, though, Duran Duran got in, Eminem got in, Pat Benatar, The Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Judas Priest, screaming, screaming for vengeance. (laughs) Um, Carly (laughs) Simon. I've ever heard you sing in the show. That's pretty good. Carly Simon. Yeah. And Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. So. Lionel Wrench, but... But Ly- he's important. He, he's Maybe. Important. I don't know. I, th- that's the, the problem that I've got, is that, like, all those other guys, the New York Dolls, MC5, fucking Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Rage, dude. Yeah. Devo. Devo. I'm not
1: going to hate on Dionne Warwick, too. She's important.
0: And, dude, Tribe. Tri- I, Tribe Called Quest, as far as I'm concerned, should have gotten in before Eminem got in.
1: Yes. i seen Tribe three times. i seen him with... Beastie Boys, all three times. You never seen so many fucking white people bouncing as you do at a fucking Tribe show. And Q-Tips dead now, and I'm I am sad for that. And like, part of the reason why I love to listen to Tribe still is because when you listen to it, you know, it's it's before we have been prohibited from saying the N-word in absolute terms and. Fuck y'all and your political correctness. Like, sometimes...
0: What's the N-word? Nigga, nigga. <laughs> that N-word.
1: <laughs> but, like, when you listen to Midnight Marauders...
0: Q-Tip's not dead, dude.
1: I thought Q-Tip died.
0: One of the guys on from Tribe had cancer. I just watched a fucking documentary on him.
1: I heard he died.
0: I must have. Um, was it rife somebody moved to fucking atlanta and everybody moved to atlanta uh q-tip's still in new york i, I thought
1: I, I i can't believe that. i thought he died dude i thought i'd re- heard something or read something or i was listening to something and they like i on serious one day and that he was done for i'm pretty I'm sure he's, he's still dead. alive
0: but one of them was really yeah, fucking sick
1: dead. yeah he's definitely maybe it was him maybe he got really sick and then he didn't die so maybe they assumed he was gonna die I'm glad he's not dead, dude. I fucking love Tribe, dude. But those shows were so much fun. Like the last show that I saw them at, we we went with the uh, uh, Dustin went. And no, it
0: was Five Five Dog that Fife Dog
1: died. Okay, so he
0: died in 2016. Okay,
1: I I I, I got my again. I've had my sig- my uh, wires crossed a couple times tonight, but uh, um, we ended up in the same row as Connor's brother, Colin was at the show, and dude. They were just so much fun. So much fun. Midnight Marauders is one of my favorite album of all time.
0: So, yeah. So so Tribe should have gotten in before, before Eminem. M&M.
1: Yes. That, that, this is where it's when you have the popularity contest. Like the kids that weren't listening to music in the 90s. And because gangster rap has such a bad rap, you know, so to speak, which is wrong in my estimation like not all gangster Tribe rap is really gangster no, I, rap but i'm but they were from that time period so and they were so like if a person listens like say like the far side and uh um what's the Mr. Wendell song what are the, what's that man T- in tennessee uh
0: tennessee
1: tennessee yeah what's that what's that man um
0: take me back to where i want to be um, arrested development arrested development
1: yes so like you have that like like that consciousness fucking rap and then like they would kind of come up because they would talk a lot more shit they would cuss a lot more and they would you know say they were not gangster rap but they were not like that They were more rap. political. Yes. Yeah, but not political the same way that uh uh 911 uh, is a joke in your town.
0: Public enemy. Public enemy. But that's check D. Yeah,
1: so yeah, that yeah, but but they then really like you 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 have a politicalness like of Tribe Called Quest and a politicalness of motherfucking fucking Chuck D, and so they were. Kids just don't they don't they don't go back and look at it enough. They put things in categories right now. Everybody wants to be fucking politically correct.
0: This See, is, this I is would I would consider Eminem more gangster rap than I would try He
1: hangs out with all those fucking guys too.
0: Well, and, and he fucking I think he got busted for drugs a couple of times. He carries a gun. I'm pretty sure.
1: He definitely identifies with that side a lot more than with, yeah, like the Will Smith, fuck you, Will Smith thing.
0: Yeah. Um, So I I think Tribe should have got in before them. I think Rage Against the Machine should have got in. And and I'm not just talking about Eminem because Dolly Parton, and she's, again, important, but she's important to country music. Most people that are rock fans – and I understand that that rock roots come from country and R and B and bluegrass, and it's all kind of this weird fucking mix. Um, Dolly shouldn't have got in before. I, I got rage. Dis- I
1: got to disagree with you on that. One. Or Devo only, only because so part of the reason why you have somebody like Brandi Carlisle on the stage right there, and I know you don't know know her, but she is she she's about twenty years into her career. And she has one of the most incredible vocal fucking like capabilities, and she's she is clear clearly like in the rock space, like like firmly. But there's no doubt that she takes even in the rock space, she takes massive amounts of influence from both both and from country.
0: Okay, so maybe vibe. I'm thinking of it from a fan perspective uh-huh. then. Like again,
1: like I old ass lady. Dude. As
0: far as country music goes, I mean there are. Three people that I listen to. Johnny Cash, yeah. Willie Nelson, and Waylon Jennings. Yeah. That's it.
1: Three three of the four Highwaymen. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like Chris <laughs> Christofferson. You gotta fucking hate on Chris Christofferson.
0: Well, I don't know if I've ever heard a fucking Chris Christofferson song.
1: You don't like Lyle well, Lovett?
0: Well, Not I love, really. Lyle well,
1: Lovett's it. fucking awesome, dude. And he, he will go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He might already be in the Rock, of, rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: We can find out real I'm quick. i that we can. Um, okay, man, so dude. maybe maybe I'm wrong about the dolly thing. I, I think the Devo thing, the Rage Against the Machine. Devo should, Devo should definitely
1: fucking be in. Number fucking one, Devo should fucking be in. Come on, whip it, man. New
0: York Dolls, Beck, MC5. And, and again, I apologize. I should have done some more research, but I don't know who the fuck Fila Kuti is. Oh,
1: so I, I got that for you, actually. So he was a Nigerian. Hang um, hang on up. Where did that go? Shit, I moved away from it. He was a Nigerian activist and musician. Fila uh, Kuti. Um, dude, his fucking full name is, is something to fucking behold. Uh, he was a Nigerian musician, band leader, composer, political activist. He died in 19, 1997, I think. Um, but apparently, he had huge musical influences in other places. So, but a lot of his stuff came out of that space. His, his full name is Olu Fila, Olu Sagoon, Olu Dotun, Rans, Ransami Kuti. Yeah, if I can't, not three times fast. That's not going to fucking happen.
0: No, that's great, well, dude. <laughs> so, like, I don't... How did he get in there? I mean, if he's, like, Nigerian or whatever, or did he have all of these influences on... We're
1: going to have to dig deeper on another day on that one. I, all I could do was to quick Wikipedia. I mean, it, clearly he, he he connected to some people. But uh, on what level, who he played around with, uh, there's, no, there's no way of telling.
0: Okay, so Rick Rubin is not in there, which... I swear I saw him get inducted. But I might have my fucking wires crossed. Who else was I looking for?
1: Lyle Lovett inducted Johnny Cash in 2019. Lyle Lovett. I can't fucking believe that Johnny Cash did not get inducted until 2019. Because, like, again, this is like, you you take Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. These are two guys that are incredible singer-songwriters. Everybody sings these guys' songs, dude. You have to. Dude, there's a whole version of rock and roll that's rooted in Johnny Cash's like attitude. Rockabilly is Johnny Cash standing there with that big fucking middle finger. And know? rockabilly
0: is badass. Rockabilly
1: and, and Rockabilly's rock and fucking roll, dude. Yeah. So,
0: um, yeah, well, dude, like I said, I mean those I fucking hate Hank Williams and his son. That music that twangy fucking Conway Twitty type shit. I fucking hate it. And that's where Dolly Parton came up. I mean, that's the shit she was singing in the 60s, so that's why I kind of got away. What were you laughing about? Did you
1: really need to ask him? Mean, did you listen to yourself? <laughs> Conway Twitty fucking Waylon Jennings. Have you listened to his, like the, no, that's Hank Williams the third. Have you listened to his stuff at all? Well, he's got some dark rockabilly shit. You should listen to Hank Williams the Third. Did cool. you
0: know Waylon Jennings has like a fucking grandson that's a rapper? He was at Red Rocks like two months ago. Really? It's weird, dude. I adopted grandson or okay. step grandson or something. So shit.
1: there's no actual genetic connection. Okay. If there was a genetic connection, I'd have to think
0: about it a little bit more. But, um. Yeah, it was. It fucking tripped me out when I found that out. Um, Okay. So you're going to say Dolly deserves to be there? I think that she's got to be there.
1: I think you got to let her be there. I think that I'd take her over Lionel
0: Richney. I'd take her over Carly Simon. I would too. But would you take her over Rage or Devo or Tribe? No,
1: I I think. Or Beck? Like I said, with Beck, I mean, honestly, like if you're going to sit there and look at somebody who's takes things to a different level. Beck takes things to a different level. Like, I I don't love Beck's music, but you have to listen to it, because it does some things in a different way. It says some things in a different way. The dude's fucking smart. He's way fucking smarter than I am when it comes to music. That's for goddamn sure, which doesn't mean anything. But there's no doubt that, like, the problem with the popularity contest, which is essentially what we're suggesting here, is that it doesn't speak to the the is of what it is that music offers us, you know? I mean, you know, I'm a big jam band guy, and I know that a lot of the people that I love and listen to a ton are not ever going to, you know, they might get, I mean, if we live for another 30 or 40 years before we totally fucking destroy this planet and kill ourselves and each other, uh, maybe they'll get inducted into this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I think probably not, because the fact of the matter is, is that Well and they're incredible innovators. I listened to Goose a ton lately. They're they're at the very beginning of their they're only three years into their career. But these guys are fucking driving things in a different direction than I've ever seen things being driven before.
0: That one female guitarist you were talking about when we did the guitar episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she'll be there. Yeah,
1: dude, she's fucking crazy. The kid she's a child. The
0: husband no, the the wife and husband that play together. Oh I apologize to oh, all of you listening. Oh, you're I'm talking Brandon. about the, the,
1: the blues, the blues lady. Um, the um, I think it starts with a K. Fuck. Well, it's the kid that used to fucking play with the Almond Brothers and uh, uh, Derek Trucks and uh, the the female uh, Tedeschi, Susan Tedeschi, and Derek. That's Trucks. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. She'll be there. Yeah, yeah. She and she will be there and. Derek Trucks, the first time I saw him play live was 1995, and I think that he was 15 or 16 at that time. Yeah, that guy's a fucking monster.
0: So I just looked, and I apologize. I probably don't have every Beck album, but I do have five Beck albums. I've got Wero, Mellow Gold, Odalay, Sea Change, and The Information. The Information is probably the worst out of those fucking albums, as far as I'm concerned, but it might be the most innovative. I'm not sure.
1: This is where things, like, when you're, sometimes things are not very popular, and and they just fall to the wayside. What is the name of that goofy-ass band? Ween. Like, Ween is a crazy, weird, goofy...
0: There we go. Okay. the Deweyro... That's one of his best songs, by the way.
1: Dude, he's he's smart, dude. He knows how to mix shit. He knows how to play every fucking instrument under the sun.
0: Well, and I think, you know, so we talked about Tribe being political, maybe historical political or racial political.
1: I, I think both, both at the same time, like even in the present tense and in the past tense, yeah.
0: Devo, the, the reason that I liked it, and obviously Whip It was their big their big. Huge song, but they did a lot of that satire and and the political shit and and making fun of everything. Yeah. Really, I mean, our our society as a whole and and what we're we're fucking up. The New York Dolls did, obviously. Rage Against the Machine does. So maybe I've got kind of a the type. They don't, they don't, well, <laughs> then they don't like the political shit. I mean, that's. <laughs> But dude, rage
1: is fucking dude. Rage is important, super fucking important. Like that when that fucking album hit the fucking ground, I remember like somebody told me to to check it out, and I went and got got the cassette, and I fucking listened to it a hundred fucking times, and I ended up going to see um, uh, Cypress Hill, and they opened up for him That was a fucking awesome fucking show, dude. dude I remember like this been. kid Travis Little, he had fucking like big goofy red dreadlocks back then and he's just bouncing around and we're all just beating the shit out of each other in the mosh pit and it was just so wonderful so fucking delightful and then of course they started pulling bong hits on the fucking uh, stage cypress after that it's from the bong.
0: well yeah that it's was that was the big album then i personally prefer the second album or maybe it, it was, was the first third. album
1: it was for Cypress. yeah no it was the first one no i know that yeah. was
0: you the one you went no, to the hits, show hits
1: from the bottom was the second and that was the second album the first one had pigs on it it had latin lingo on it that was that was a fucking their first album was fucking awesome man
0: well i thought that was dr green thumb and all of that shit was on their first album right i don't remember Thumb. the the
1: the, the, the in Singing in the Membrane, that, yeah. was, that was album two. Hits from the Bond was album two. And no we shit. got really fucking commercial smoke weed fucking stupid ass shit in the second album. Their first album, Pigs and fucking Latin Lingo were fucking awesome songs. There's a couple other wonderful ones on there too, but there was just some really, just made me feel good about the So then it must be their
0: for, third album with Rock Superstar on it.
1: That, that was Cypress? Yeah, yeah, I, I must, I kind of moved to, because the second album was so, like, commercially goofy. I, I kind of, when that happens, I, I lose. It's kind of like with The Simpsons, you know, or The Family Guy. I remember watching the first two seasons of The Family Guy, and then they, cut, cut it right, and then they brought it back on. Never started watching it again. So it just bores the shit out of me when things, start to become too overly
0: commercial. He's a funny guy, though, that Seth McFarlane. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, there's no doubt.
0: And he is political, too, so I don't know... Just a touch. ...like how much they have to cut their shit. And so
1: was Matt Groening, you know, yeah.
0: to be sure. Yeah. um, <laughs> they
1: had fish on fucking uh, uh, uh Simpson show once. Really? Yeah, Homer Simpson was on... the Jumped on the stage, I think, if I remember correctly.
0: Well, I know he had a... Dude, I'm gonna. I I can't remember his name again. But they they had that guy that. Never mind. They
1: had a Johnny Cash they, episode. They had
0: a Johnny Cash, a but the one I'm episode. thinking of is the guitar player. And Homer was talking to Marge about how much he. Or maybe I'm thinking of the fucking Family Guy. Maybe my wires are crossed too. Um. Anyway. So. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you guys if you guys like music, I highly recommend watching the show. It's generally like four hours long, so kind of plan ahead. Um, it's cool to hear the story behind these people's lives, though. And I, I'm going to recommend this. Cleveland is a, a shithole town. There's a lot of cool shit there, though, like old mob shit. Um, you know, you can find this dock where... They fucking imported Canadian whiskey during Prohibition. Um, So there is some cool shit there. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. And I, I love museums as a whole. But that is the coolest fucking place I've ever been. I could have spent day after day there. And the person I went with probably wasn't as impressed as I was. Otherwise I would have gone back on day two because there was just so much shit. I mean, there were fucking letters and letters and letters that Jimi Hendrix had written. There were fucking motorcycles that all of these bands had ridden, and, you know, guitars and fucking drum sets and shit that they wore on tour. And I mean, They had a full fucking CBGB fake thing. I I mean, it was fucking badass. And there's, I think, five floors, if I remember correctly. And, you know, obviously it's a museum, so there's different exhibits on every floor. So if you do like music, you like history, history of music, watch the show. Go to Cleveland. Or both.
1: One one other thing on the downside, they did a cool thing at the end of it where they were commemorating all the people that had died. Just one more shout-out for Taylor Hawkins. Like That that guy is a fucking incredible drummer. A lot of people died this year. People I did not fucking realize died this year. Coolio. Coolio died this year. How much
0: money did he make off that one fucking song? Dude, that was the
1: only fucking hit that he had. He was in the show with uh, where his brother is like a super genius, and he starts going to this private school, and he plays basketball at the fucking school. He meets uh, uh, Finding Forrester is the name of the movie. He meets. Uh, uh, the, he wasn't in that movie. Yes, he was. He was fucking the kid's brother.
0: That was Buster Rhymes. Oh, well,
1: that was Buster Rhymes. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's when somebody could.
0: Don't worry, about they all look alike. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why did you have to say it, man? I was going to say it, but I fucking put the stop on it. Sorry, Busta.
0: You you can give me some shit. I like Busta Rhymes. His his raps are really cool. I think that it looks like he shops at fucking one of Prince's Garage sales. They're very
1: similar. They both only had one fucking hit, you know.
0: But Busta did a lot of collaborations with other groups and other rappers like if you listen to some different shit you can always hear him shouting out um can you give me an example no i want to hear the shout no i can't remember what any of them are but i know he did some stuff with ludicrous um you (laughs) fuck you um Okay, so we're we're at 51 minutes, and I really like talking about music, and we could probably do this for another fucking hour.
1: And now that I feel like a complete dick, we should probably yeah. end this thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the way, I don't really think they all look alike. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> I just think that Julio and fucking Buster Rhymes look a little bit alike. They had that weird beaded hair sometimes coolio had that
0: fucking coolio thing. had yeah. crazy fucking hair that was standing up all over the place dude
1: go watch that fucking movie his that dude's hair was all over the place in that movie when he starts talking about how i'm fucking parking attendant blah, blah 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 and
0: i make my money at the parking lot yeah, <laughs> That's yeah.
1: Right.
0: you got it um all right so again i hope you enjoyed the show I'm sure that if some people listen to it, they're going to fucking either <laughs> laugh their ass off or say, that's just another
1: fucking racist white guy.
0: I'm not white, man. Um, I know, you're black Irish. You've right.
1: gone over this a long time ago.
0: I have uh, a skin
1: yarmulke, I got which soul. means that he's partly Hebrew at the same time. That's correct. Shalom.
0: I can tell all the jokes. Um... <laughs> End this shit, motherfucker. End it So, <laughs> so well, reach okay. out Friday. Oh. Email uh at yahoo dot com. Seven two oh three three four
1: roll.
0: And on Friday we are going to talk about the American Indian Children Welfare Act.
1: Yeah. Aqua this, this is some this is some fucked up shit. So <laughs> this should be good, a, a good episode. So
0: so, check us out on Friday, um, and we will talk to you soon.
1: la from the racist white guy.
0: Talk to you later.